0: What's the most intimidating city that you have ever traveled to? Well, for us, it was Paris, France.
1: You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust.
0: My name is Hilary Halton, and you are listening to Travel FOMO. With me, as always, is my husband, mon amour, (laughs) Jamin.
1: Oui, oui.
0: <laughs> and today we are taking you guys to Paris, France.
1: Paris, France.
0: The city of love. Not Paris, Texas. No. Paris, France.
1: Equally spelled the same.
0: Equally in name. Yeah. Equal in name only. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and different in every other way, I imagine. Yeah.
0: And it's, you know, it's the city of love, Paris, France, city of love. But we had maybe a less than romantic arrival. Because we arrived to a tiny airport, maybe the tiniest airport. I think we did decide it was the tiniest airport that we ever went to.
1: Well, small airports and Ryanair always equal like yes. romance.
0: Well, romance and it's just, it's pretty common on Ryanair. So, <laughs> and that's fine because that is exactly why we chose Ryanair. So we could get all of those discounts that you get from those little small <laughs> Small airports, but this one was really small and it was really far away from the city center.
1: Yes, it was.
0: Which is one of the challenges about arriving by air is that, you know, you kind of get dropped off out in the middle of nowhere versus in the middle of your city if you were on a train.
1: I will say that this airport in particular was particularly far away from the city center Yeah, in that it was in the same country and that's basically it. Like I've... (laughs) I was shocked. It was by, pretty far because we we picked a flight to Paris, and mm-hmm. it like, and it lists it as a Paris airport, but when you look at it on a map, it is nowhere near Paris.
0: Yeah, it's that's a little crazy, but you know, it is what it is. We had to arrive by, I mean, by airplane for the yeah. most part, because we're coming from Dublin. We didn't want to go back through England. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of those things where it's like, we didn't want to do the ferry thing. So we just took a flight and maybe we might've been a little cranky because we were coming from Dublin.
1: Dublin got us one more time by making us fly. Got again.
0: Us. It got us, but, um, but, and it was a little bit of an adventure, right? Getting from the Paris airport into the actual Paris city yeah because we had to take um so we arrived by plane we had to take a train and a bus to get to where we needed to be in paris so it was kind of a long travel day
1: yeah that was that was a longer day than i think we originally bargained for and we had to walk a lot once we got there yeah and we did it all because of ryan aaron for those of you unfamiliar with air travel in the europe area Ryanair is a super, super cheap way to fly as long as you meet all of the stipulations, which they're like are tons about bag sizes and check bags and everything costs a little extra. If you want a seatbelt, you're going to pay a little extra for it, but it's a really cheap way to go. Do you think that flying Ryanair is worth the discounts? Because we took several Ryanair trip or flights on this trip do you think it's worth the discount or would you rather just fly a normal airline and just be like, just let me pay up front? Because I feel like Ryanair gets you a little bit if you do anything but get on the plane with more than a coat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's totally worth it. I love Ryanair. I remember when we were shopping for this trip, this exact flight, Um, at one point it was like $6. Yeah. And then another point is like $12 per ticket and yeah you have to pay for your bags but still you're talking about like maybe a $75 flight. Right. per person. Like it's just the cost is so ridiculously good mm-hmm. even compared to taking a train or a ferry or anything like that. It's so competitive that yeah, I would totally. I'm I'm all about Ryanair.
1: Yeah, I do think it is a great way to get around. And I think if we if we lived in Europe, you would just go everywhere you could on Ryanair. I think. Like mm, it's a yeah. great way to kind of pop
0: around. Yeah. Well, and to be clear, Ryanair is um one option. There are others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um and and I know you guys like from from America, you're probably familiar with other um different flights that you can take um to get to the Caribbean or different places and you know you go really cheap but you really got to play by their rules and as long as you're prepared to play by their rules it's really not a big deal so
1: yeah well then once we finally made it into Paris itself it was it's a little intimidating it's kind of an intimidating city like you you walk around and the the city once feels very sophisticated it is this like city of romance, and it has all this history to it, and all these museums, and so it has this very sophisticated, almost formal feel to it, mm-hmm. and that can be a little intimidating, especially if you're not used to like we're a little more casual, and so that formality makes things feel a little intimidating. And then the language barrier was pretty intimidating, and I mean, even even for myself, I had done Duolingo and like. Studied French a little bit, not nearly as much as I should have, but some. And I kind of felt like a little bit of confidence, like coming into it, like oh, maybe I'll be okay. And mm, yeah. that was kind of like immediately shattered. It's also a really busy city, so the traffic is kind of crazy, and like there's just a lot of adjustments that have to happen. I feel like all at once, and it it made it a little intimidating for me.
0: Mm, yeah, although it's funny, like my mind plays tricks on me because. I come back and you give me just a little bit of time and I remember something differently. So I look back and I'm like, no, it was great. I loved it. Um, And but then whenever I look back over my notes, I'm like, oh no, this is how I felt. Like I was, I was intimidated. I did not want to have to talk to anybody just because for me, the language barrier was just the biggest barrier.
1: Yeah, I've I definitely felt the same way. And we had, you know, we had a discussion when we... Initially we're talking about our time in Paris. I was like, "No, you know, you like feel like you go into a, a little boulangerie, like a little bakery and I could order some stuff and and then I remembered like through our discussions that we had that no, not in Paris. Like later on when we came back into France, I was a little bit better about that, but in Paris, it was very very intimidating and in every in every interaction i feel like i just like would point to things and hope that people understood me a little bit <laughs> it uh, and i feel like in in paris there's a lot of people that don't necessarily want to help you along with with your struggling through the language
0: mm, okay
1: <clears throat> like people are kind of content to to just let you struggle and i feel like um in america and other places if you see somebody struggling, you kind of like jump in and try to help them out a little bit. And I feel like that's not necessarily the case in Paris. They're content to just watch you flounder and struggle and maybe even be a little bit annoyed that you're struggling.
0: Okay. So when was the first time you felt that? Or maybe Um, some examples of when you felt that.
1: I know we went into a boulangerie to pick up some, like some pastries or some croissants or something like that. And, And I remember coming in and you're kind of, everyone's moving through the line quickly. And I felt like it was like Seinfeld and the soup Nazi where you're supposed to stand. And then immediately when it's time for you to order, you stand up and you say your order and then you take a step and you pay and you get your food and you go. Mm -hmm. And it was just a struggle. And I think I like I'd had that kind of false confidence, like coming into it like, Oh yeah, I'll be fine. And like, these kind of situations and I realized like the language is coming so fast and it's like the pronunciation is so different than what I was anticipating that it just immediately just like smacks you in the face to where you're like oh yeah I know nothing and I can't like I can't get through it I like I'm just gonna point yeah and like hand a fistful of money and just hope that it's enough yeah so you like coming back to Paris because you had, I'd never been, but you had been before uh, with your sister. We talk about yeah. that in the secret season Yeah. Um, for the, the devotees that listened, they might recall that. How do you think this was different than when you were, when you were there before?
0: Well, yeah, you know how we talk about being a little overwhelmed
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, you're less overwhelmed than second time around, you know because you yeah, because you're like already more familiar with it. um I really enjoyed it more this time. Um, I just I thought it was great. I felt a little less um, vulnerable. So if you guys listen to the other episode from the secret season where I talk about Paris with my sister, um, we talk about how, um, we met someone and he was walking around with us and he kind of like pointed out like, Hey, you girls need to be really careful. Like, yeah, and, and I had like, you know, use the ATM in front of him or something. He was like, Hey man, you just like handed me your card like to try to help get me to help you. Like I could have saw your pen and like walked away and and it really boom it just shut down the fun for me because I knew he was right and it like sobered me up quite a bit. And so I think I had a little bit of that lingering most of the time we were there. Um so a little bit of that like seriousness. Um and it really it just I don't know, it just wasn't my favorite. It was like a pretty, a pretty dirty city. There were a lot of people asking us for money. I remember sitting at the Eiffel Tower with my sister thinking like, this is the coolest thing. And we just kind of laid out on this blanket. And kind of I remember trying to like, take a nap out in the sun. And it just felt awesome. And then just constantly people started coming up asking us for money and it like it was just really it never stopped the whole time we were in paris just constant people coming to ask you for money and that wasn't the case this time around so they've done some things i i assume they've done some things to um uh you know i don't know change that up or maybe there's not as many um people in need i'm not really sure but it was definitely different this time
1: yeah i um I remember a little bit of of that in the train stations, but you're right. That's, that's really about it. Like when we were around in the city, Mm -hmm. it wasn't really happening as much. Yeah. Hmm, Yeah.
0: This trip was a, it was pretty interesting because we put in so many miles by foot
1: (laughs) (sighs) We, we did. Paris is a big city.
0: It's such a big city. And we covered so much of it by ground, mm-hmm. literally walking or running it. Um, that first day we put in 16 point, 16 and a half miles, something like that. Yeah. Crazy. I was super <laughs> proud of us, but man, that one got me.
1: Yeah. That, uh, that'll wipe you out putting in those kind of miles. I remember that day cause we got off that day and, and started with a run and then just did all the sightseeing we could as well. And yeah, that was a long day. An, an awesome day. Packed full of stuff. But it was, it was a lot on the feet.
0: You guys, it was such an iconic run. It was really really cool we like saw everything from Pont Neuf to um the Louvre we just kind of went all over the metro um Arc de Triomphe the Eiffel Tower so many things we just got to see so many amazing things and we got to see them before everyone else was on the streets which was so incredible the I mean just imagine like the weather's perfect Um, there's no rain, there's no wind. It's just nice and crisp air. Um, we, I do remember thinking it was a really hard run, but I think it was just, I was already really tired. Like my legs actually hurt from running all the time. And, and I remember I just really didn't want to do it, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm glad that we did. Um, but it just ended up being like, it was a lot. I remember thinking like I I'm pretty sure it was a pretty long run for us as well. Um and but it was pretty amazing. It was definitely worth it. Um and it's one of my like snapshots in time, like a moment in in my memory where I'm just like, wow, that is Paris to me is going on that run.
1: Yeah, I I remember it a lot that way too. I remember the moment on Pont Neuf where we're standing there, it was, I think it was right at the beginning of our run, and the sun's just coming up. I think there was kind of a feeling of, of we made it. I feel like there was a lot of those moments on this this trip because we had planned and worked and saved so much and so hard to to do this. That that's one of the moments that I remember feeling like we did it
0: like this is really
1: happening. Yeah. Like, like we, we made it like all of that because we're, we're also on a run. And so, you know, we'd been running at home and, you know, we'd been telling ourselves on the mornings before, before we had to go to work that we got up early and ran and we didn't want to, but it was like, no, because we want to run in Paris and we want to run in London and those, those kinds of things, and it, it really made it feel like it had paid off.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: like like we're actually doing it. We're making, we made it.
0: Yeah, mm, that's a that's a great feeling. That day was, I mean, like you like you said, we like went so many different places.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because when we got back from the run, we got cleaned up and we went to um, that cemetery. Is it uh, Pere Lachaise? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a famous cemetery there in Paris. And we got to walk around that. Jim Morrison, several other famous people are buried there. That was incredible, like nothing else I've ever seen. Uh, we went back to the Eiffel Tower. And some, took some pictures there. We went by Notre Dame.
0: And just for the record, you guys are probably like, "Why are you keep going? Why do you keep going to the Eiffel Tower?" But when you're like all sweaty and nasty, and your photos of you in front of the Eiffel Tower are you like in like running gear and headphones, it's nice to go back <laughs> and take a photo when you're actually like cleaned up, <laughs> yeah. wearing makeup or whatever.
1: <laughs> well, I was, and they were setting up for some kind of concert or something. And so there was like a bunch of like stage and stuff sort of in front of the Eiffel Tower, I remember. And I was a little disappointed by that. If I had been going to that concert, I would have thought that it was awesome. But as it was, there was just kind of junk in the way of the Eiffel Tower. Um, but we did go back and got some pictures there. We went by Notre Dame. Um, it was still closed because of the, uh, the fire that had happened in 2019. Mm-hmm. So...
0: Really recent, that feels so recent when you think about all of the fires that like take down cathedrals,
1: yeah, across yeah.
0: history, like it's usually somebody saying that, and you're like, oh, that was like seventeen hundred A big <laughs> right. fire came in
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's some like ancient story about a cow that like kicked over a lantern or something, yeah. but yeah, this uh, was in two thousand nineteen. I remember seeing that in in two thousand and nineteen and thinking like, man. Like, I wish, I wish we had gone to Paris before that happened. Um, but getting to see the outside of it was still cool. Seeing that it was being restored, uh, was cool and gives you hope for like, well, one day I'll get to go back and see it. It'll be interesting to see what it's restored to, but Mm -hmm. you know, a little disappointing that we couldn't go in at that point. Um, Then we went on to see a bunch of other stuff. I think we ended up actually starting to take the metro (laughs) at some point because we were like, okay, yeah, we've gone so far and walked so far. And I think just to save on time.
0: Well, we, we even used the metro to get to our starting point of our run. That's right. Because Paris is so big that we couldn't even run to all of those places. We had to, like, get on the metro. Yeah, to run and I'm pretty sure
1: I think you're right I'm pretty
0: sure and then we definitely did like start running uh, or start um we definitely did get back on the metro throughout the day because that metro system is crazy it's like spaghetti
1: oh for sure yeah that I feel like every other metro system is like a grid with some like circular lines and you have to change trains like twice but in Paris, it looks, you're right. It looks like a plate of spaghetti. Mm-hmm. And you're like,
0: when you look at the map, it's crazy. Yeah.
1: I have to get on the blue line to the yellow line, and then the brown line will take me back to the blue line. That'll take me to where I want to go. We did make it to Luxembourg Gardens.
0: Yeah. I'll tell people about that. That was a cool one.
1: Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Like, yeah. if you're going to Paris, for sure go to Luxembourg Gardens. And it, it's just this massive complex around an an old palace. <laughs> and but the the gardens are amazing. They have these perfectly manicured trees, huge fields, and all these people are there just hanging out.
0: Just hanging
1: out. And if you want to feel something European, mm-hmm. it's go to one of these massive, beautiful parks and just see all the people just hanging out yeah it's so cool
0: it felt like incredibly safe safe fun it felt like the popular thing to do it felt like where is everyone in paris well they're not at the eiffel tower they're at luxembourg gardens like this is where real (laughs) parisians like hang out yeah what it felt like to me
1: right and you instantly are like we should have brought a blanket and a bottle of wine Mm -hmm. because we could just sit down here and make some friends and Hang out the rest of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, that's literally what everyone's doing is just sitting around on blankets. They had their little kids running around. They like, yeah. I just, I remember thinking, like, oh my gosh, I wish like we were here with friends. Like, I wish we lived here and we're all just right. hanging out with our friends here.
1: Yeah. I do feel like so many times vacations and trips get so fast and furious that you don't leave yourself time for sitting and hanging out in the gardens. And mm. um I kind of wish we'd done a little more of that. Yeah. It's crazy because you don't want to trade all the things. Like, there's nothing that I would, like, give up having seen. So I feel like we did use our time well, but there are those, like, like man, I wish we'd built in just a little bit more time to to just hang out.
0: To go to the Moulin Rouge?
1: <laughs> <That's>, we did <laughs> do that.
0: We did do that. That was, uh, I think that might have been like one of the next things that we did.
1: I think you're right. Yeah. I think it was back on the metro. Yeah.
0: Because I like, I mean, this time I'd like promised myself that we would like buy tickets and actually do dinner and a show at the Moulin Rouge. But man, we just still didn't have enough time for that. And it was expensive. Yeah. It It was, was I think, well over $100 for per person. So it was like, ugh, that's just a lot. But it's so Paris. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I still really think that would be fun. Um, and it's still such a big draw. Like we showed up to the little area. Um, it's kind of like just a uh, intersection that's mm-hmm. kind of a popular intersection. And Moulin Rouge is still like... I mean, it's still spinning and people are taking photos and standing up on, you know, the bench across the street trying to take the best photo that they can. It was, you know, it was very much an attraction.
1: I am surprised that there aren't like boot marks worn into that spot because I feel like the entire time that we were there, just person after person kept standing up on this little ledge yeah. having someone take their picture with the moon the, the Moulin Rouge in the background and it was just, just a steady stream of people right there.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's all thanks to like Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. Thanks, guys, for making the <laughs> Moulin Rouge real to us.
1: <laughs> Bringing it across the pond.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, then we finally, we finally let ourselves stop. Yes, and, finally, uh, and have some dinner. Um, and it, we went back to. I remember we. We wanted to get back to kind of close to where our Airbnb was. I have in my notes that it was U cadran Voltaire. So well said. that's probably not anywhere close to being right. Probably not. Um, no. <laughs> um, the food was really good.
0: It was really good.
1: And um, we
0: literally just stopped off the street. Like we're just like, eh, you want to walk in here?
1: <laughs> yeah, we we were tired and beat down at that point from having gone 16 and a half miles and we're ready to just stop and found that place. The food was really good. Um, I remember our waiter was actually a little bit helpful, like with us interpreting things. I will say if you're going to go for a nice meal in Paris, like do some research because the menus are crazy and full of stuff that you don't know, but that was a fun place to people watch.
0: It was.
1: Yeah, because we were set. um, I remember we were set outside and there in Paris and well in a lot of Europe, like the entire sidewalk kind of gets consumed by the restaurant.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So
1: like tables and chairs are set up and I feel like you'll see that a little bit in the U.S. It'll be like one or two tables really close to the door or window of a shop and then like most of the sidewalk is left open. This is the entire sidewalk. Like it It takes up the entire sidewalk. So people on the sidewalk are literally walking through the tables. Mm-hmm. And so we sat there and people watched for a long time.
0: That was really fun. In fact, right now I am editing the video. So we're like, we're recording this podcast while we travel. Um, I'm currently editing the video for the Paris uh, trip. And this scene cracks me up so much of us just sitting here people watch and because we started filming each other and we just like had a lot of fun with it and it was hilarious and um, I saw these two little boys that were like young like teens preteens and I think they were twins and they were like, and I remember they got like really mad at each other, something there was, you could just tell, like you could just people, you could, you know, whenever you're just watching people and you can just tell, oh, something's up with them. And they were like mad at each other and they like were walking next to each other and then they like separate from each other and be like, no, you know, just like get away from me and then they would end up walking next to each other again and they'd separate again and it was cracking me up oh my gosh but i just i really enjoyed just the i mean literally just watching people watching a whole different country at work and paris is so different than the rest of france anyway that it's like a country in of its own and so you just get to kind of like watch it watch it work
1: yeah yeah, it really was a great way to sort of end that that first full day there. Just hanging out, having some good food and some wine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that they do not care. Nothing holds them back from sitting outside.
1: Oh yeah. Noise. Like, traffic, oh yeah. Weather, Noise
0: traffic doesn't matter. None of it. They are like that literally is in my notes. They don't care about noise. They don't care about traffic. They don't care about someone stepping all over them or smoking in their face. Like nothing's going to keep them from being outside. And it's not like Paris is the most scenic mountain views (laughs) or anything like that. It's not even about the scenery. It's just about like, this is where we hang out. This is what we do. Like we own the sidewalks and... It's, yeah. it's just kind of fun to live in that world.
1: It's very much dining in the city. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah more than probably anywhere else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many sidewalk cafes. I wonder what their weather is like year round. If it's just like such amazing weather year round that they just always end up. Or if like come winter, it's just like there's no chance you see anybody, anybody on a sidewalk, like sitting down in a sidewalk cafe.
1: I don't know. We'll just have to go back and find out.
0: Yeah, I know. I think we need to go back at Christmas. We'll I'm determined Christmas? to go back everywhere we went. Just go back at Christmas. Like, no, <laughs> you,
1: you do want to visit every place <laughs> that we've been to at Christmas. Yep. And it'll just be like Ryanair and just like day trips yeah. all the time for the entire month of December.
0: Yeah. Well, such a huge part of Paris, too, is um, museums. hmm. What was your favorite museum that we went to?
1: Oh, the Louvre for mm. me. Yeah. Yeah. I it was that. incredible.
0: I knew that. I just felt obligated to at least let you just at least ask.
1: Let me put it out there. Let
0: you put it out there.
1: case anyone was wondering like which of the museums, like I like the one, the one that's packed full of all the history. Yeah. Or some of the others. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's so crazy that you would like that. You
1: know, the one with all of the history. That's the one.
0: Yeah. Well, we had like. We had like a whole day, uh, like a museum day, is basically what we called it. Yeah, because um, <laughs> yeah, we two. we started out at. Um, uh, let me see if I can get this right. Mm-hmm. Musée yep. de Rogerie.
1: Uh Yeah,
0: I think I got that right. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks a lot like Museum of the Oranges, but.
1: not. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about oranges. It's not a museum about oranges.
0: I always think of oranges whenever I like see the name of that museum. But um this one was recommended to us by our friends Catherine and Barra Espinoza. Thanks guys, because we really did like it. It was um a little bit smaller of a museum. It was really easy to get in and out of um and I I honestly hadn't heard anybody else ever talk about it. Um it was mostly Monet. which was really cool to see. Um, There were a lot of water lily paintings by Monet. So um, if you don't know much about him, um, he's a painter and (laughs) he actually had a garden that he had created and built so that he could literally just paint it. he could paint it. And so he did. And so what I did not know about Monet is that like these water lilies paintings that he has, they are massive they're so yeah. big yeah like you're talking about the length of like oh gosh the length of this airstream like a 30 30 foot painting or more
1: several of them yeah so
0: and just as tall like mm-hmm. i mean you're talking like 10 feet tall by like 30 feet no yeah even longer than that long skinny skinny um it's just really crazy once you actually stop and look like, wow, this is massive. And there are multiple ones and they're all in this circular room so that they kind of offer, it's kind of like you're just in a garden and you just kind of look all around you and there's like these different viewpoints. Um, I just thought that was really cool. I loved that.
1: Yeah, it really was pretty incredible with the the curvature, I think is what, really got me cuz you're in these like you said these circular rooms and you're just surrounded by it and knowing that like it was painted this way and then this museum was built to display them um was another thing that just kind of blew my mind of oh, yeah. like they're so good and so significant that you're going to build a building to house them in the way that they're meant to be displayed mm-hmm. um was That's really true. cool
0: Yeah. One of the things that I learned on this trip was like that there's Monet and there's Manet Mm -hmm. and they are both painters, kind of similar in style um, and how they paint, but they were actually friends. They influenced each other. They like. I don't know. I just think that's super fascinating and their names are almost the same. It could be so confusing. Like you could very easily get them confused. Um, One of the things that I learned about Manet is that he did more paintings of people and you'll see with Monet, it's much more like gardens, outdoors, um, things at a distance. And um, with Manet, it was more like people, like he would get into details of and facial features. He actually did a series of paintings which was probably my favorite of his. Um, and it's like profiles of men and women in their attire, like seasonal attire. Oh, and it was fashion. all about showing off style and fashion, which is very French.
1: It's surprising that you would be drawn to that.
0: I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought that was really cool. And I didn't realize how, what a big deal fashion was back in the day. The thing that's interesting about Monet is that like... He lived most of his life in poverty. I always find that to be so fascinating when you're like, what how is that even possible? You're you're a genius, everybody loves your work, and yet you probably had like a pretty hard life, like you weren't really maybe appreciated.
1: Yeah, I feel like in our society now, a lot of the a lot of the people that are famous for their art are really well known and and consequently like really well compensated and they have celebrity and status. And back then that didn't necessarily happen until after you were gone. Um, That's such a, that's such a crazy thing. I remember us being in that museum and having a conversation and me sort of confessing to you that there's a lot about art that I don't really get and mm, I feel like yeah. you could show me a painting by a great artist that's worth a ton of money and you could show me something that like a third grader did and I may not be able to tell the difference. Mm. What is it about art that makes art art in your mind?
0: Um, I think that's a really good question. I think sometimes it has a lot to do with like were you the first? Hmm. Were you the first to do something? Were you the first to try out this style of painting or the first to throw something on the wall that like nobody else would dream of doing? Uh, yeah. But you were willing to take that risk and um, experiment, I guess?
1: Sort of that like originality.
0: It's not necessarily that their work was so incredible so much as they might have been the first to do something. Yeah. And you might see a million other people do that today and it might not seem like that big of a deal anymore, but it was for that person at that time.
1: Gotcha. Like the Mona else, Lisa
0: and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, because everyone else is trying to copy this thing that, right. that the original came up with. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll buy it. I really want to tell you about this great new thing I found. Every time I bring in on a trip, I'm so glad I did. It saves money, makes life easier, and I'm better looking because of it. The only catch is, I haven't found it yet. So if your product can make our lives better, let's talk. Because we want to know and we want to share. So after we left that museum, I remember we went and uh, we had lunch in a park. And oh,
0: we did. Yeah. We had Pringles again. Yep. I was carrying around my Pringles through all of those museums.
1: Mm-hmm. You had your snacks. I was rattling. Snacks in your bags.
0: Rattling. <laughs> what did you call me on the trip? You called me uh, Le Femme de Snack. Le Femme de Snack.
1: And you had parceled away some sandwiches and Pringles for us. Which, Which I was very I would, grateful for.
0: And I would always just put them in my bag and it'd be like four or five hours later and I'd be like, okay, here's a warm sandwich. Here's
1: <laughs> this <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> sandwich that's been on the metro. It'll be fun.
0: So one of the things that I love about Paris is that they have water fountains everywhere. Yep. And it's, there's a lot of that in different parts different European cities, but Paris is really good about their water fountains. There's like 1500 of them across the city, which is crazy. And then some of those, like, I want to say when I looked it up at the time, there was like 15 different ones across the city. that were actually, they had sparkling water, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. So all you have to do is carry around a water bottle and you can constantly have free water that tastes really good And it's really clean and safe. And I just, I don't know. I love that. And they're actually beautiful. These water fountains are like really pretty. You just, yeah, you can see, you guys can see in the video on YouTube. We kind of show you guys what they're like and how to use them. But it's it's a great perk.
1: Yeah, I feel like Europe is way ahead of the U.S. when it comes to that thing in particular. Mm -hmm. Like especially cities like Paris and even Rome where you have these like access to water yeah and so you're you're not constantly spending two or three dollars on bottled water. You're not constantly filling up trash cans with
0: plastic. plastic
1: bottles. yeah, and you just carry your bottle around, fill up and and go it It's great. yeah, it really is for sure. Um, but then we went to the Louvre, and I remember we like we bought tickets and it was like a timed entry. The Louvre is massive. And I'd heard a lot of people say like, oh, it takes you days to go through the Louvre and things like that. And I remember thinking like, well, maybe if you're like a super art person that knows how to properly appreciate all this stuff. But for some guy from Texas, (laughs) you can probably do a half day in the Louvre and be fine. But it is an incredibly huge place. I think it's three miles total. Oh, I
0: forgot that.
1: Yeah, if you were to walk, like if you were to walk all of the displays, like one into the other, it's three miles. And um, so you're not going to see it all in a day. And I remember trying to get in to see the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. And there's the it's in kind of a room. There's other paintings in the room, other great famous paintings in the room. But none of them seem to matter because the Mona Lisa's in there. And they have these, you know, like the mousetrap lines where you're, you're going back and forth, zigzagging um, to get up there. And the line, very well organized. Yeah. Orderly fashion. So
0: like rope and sanction kind yeah, of. Yeah, like
1: belted off, switchbacks all the way up until you get up to the Mona Lisa. And then for whatever reason, it just becomes a mosh pit. And I remember thinking, so like, true. how did we not just continue the line? We were literally three steps ago. We were literally in an orderly line, and now we're just like elbows in the in face and oh, everything. Oh yeah, it was crazy. It's like Black Friday when Walmart's mm-hmm. selling TVs for fifteen dollars. It's just insane. Yeah, yeah. I I remember being so frustrated by that of like why do we not just continue to file through in the orderly fashion that we were? Why do we let it, why is it not just all chaos or none of it? Yeah. It like, that was frustrating to me, but we did get to see it.
0: We did. Yeah.
1: Um, We got close. So we like, we checked the Mona Lisa box. Yeah. Um, But then we got to walk around the Louvre and see a lot of the other stuff that it, that it offers. So much art from so many different cultures.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which true.
1: I didn't really
0: like worldwide yeah, stuff.
1: I didn't really anticipate seeing like Egyptian art and Greek art and and all of those kinds of things here at, at the Louvre. Um that was really interesting to me.
0: What was like your favorite thing that you saw?
1: Um the oh, what's that called? The uh the winged victory sculpture
0: wow that's awesome
1: i think so like it and the way they have it displayed it's like at the top of these stairs so you look up and see it and it's massive
0: it's so awesome
1: like it's it's huge um if you if you're not familiar with it um go watch the youtube uh video that we have like i think we've got some images of it on there that you'll be able to see what we're talking about but it's massive and it, I don't know why, maybe it's the emphasis that everyone else puts on it and it's like that, like power of suggestion, but it, it really is moving to look at. Like when you see it, you're, I don't know, you're, you're sort of inspired a little bit and in awe a little bit. And I don't really know Why? But you are. And they set it up in such a grand fashion at the top of these stairs that that even makes it that much more majestic. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's your what was your favorite piece of art from from the Louvre?
0: It's that one. Hands down. I feel like you um, read my mind Um, and you I've probably mentioned it before. I've like had the magnet and everything about uh, Winged Victory and it has just always blown my mind since the first time I saw it. Um, It's by far my favorite. I honestly didn't know it was your favorite until until now. So like, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah,
1: and it might like it might. I know I was really excited to see it because you loved it so much, and so maybe that okay. like that suggestion I
0: influenced like, you maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like
1: pulled yeah. me in that direction. But it really is. I remember really like
0: I remember hyping you up about it. Actually, now that I think about it, cause I remember being like, I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see it again. I wonder if it's the same. I wonder if they've moved it. Um because I remember the placement of it being so mm-hmm. dramatic and, um, and people just, you know, are crawling all over the place on the stairs near it. Cause they just like love it so much. And um, the thing I didn't remember was that it was from the second century BC yeah. before Christ, 200 years before Christ, this was created. It's pretty amazing considering we see a lot of other things that are like renaissance and like all this other stuff yeah. oh this goes way back before then yeah and i think that makes it really special is its age Mm -hmm. again going back to like the first it being the first and um i think that to me is like whoa that's like really crazy this goes way way back Compared to all the other sculptures that you see there. Yeah. so
1: That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that the, um, like the apartments there were really interesting. Yeah. Um, Napoleon's apartments that you, uh, you can go tour. I was surprised at how few people were actually in that sort of section of things. Um, just beautiful, amazing apartments with, yeah all kinds of incredible furniture and art and stuff throughout it. I was really glad we went and, and saw sort of that section of it. Like, I thought that was really great.
0: It used to be a palace. The king used to live there, and he's got his old apartments there that you can go tour, and most people don't know that. Um, and we yeah. certainly didn't until we started planning the trip.
1: No, I, I didn't know that it, that it was a palace. Mm. I, like, I had no idea about that until, I think, until we got there. Mm, yeah, the story of Napoleon is such a fascinating thing. Of like, really, anyone who thinks that they should rule the world and then nearly does, is such a crazy, crazy thing to me. How how a country can, especially a country. I mean, France France is a huge country, but for then this guy who seemingly shouldn't be a leader like just wants it so bad and has such a chip on his shoulder and such a need to prove himself that he goes to war with everybody and ultimately it becomes his downfall cuz he invades Russia but like seeing his apartments and the the history and and stuff that they had around that um i just thought was fascinating
0: I think I was surprised, most surprised, by the fact that you love the Louvre so much.
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, because it's um, mostly art, right. and I don't really think of you as being much of an art lover. Yeah. Um, but I should have known because there's so much. It's so rich in history, and like, and art is so rich in history. But it was. It's more than art. It's like artifacts. Yes. So I think that's maybe what a lot of people don't necessarily know is that it's not just art, it's artifacts.
1: Yeah, I I agree and I think going into it I I kind of thought the same like I was like, "Oh, we'll like we'll see some really famous art and I'll be able to appreciate that because it's famous art." But I was so surprised at how much history was in it. Yeah. And like you said artifacts that that tie things back to like, "Oh, this this goes back to that, and this is from this time, and it it pulls that history all together in one place.
0: For sure, um, and it's just so iconic for Paris. But the other thing that's so iconic for Paris is the food. <laughs> oh my gosh, I had like a little gurgle in my throat just now while I was like thinking about the food. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, oh,
0: um, I want a croissant. I want a croissant. Okay, what was your favorite pastry? In in all of France, not just Paris, but Paris has got it all. I feel like.
1: Oh yeah. Um, what? Uh, what was I? Well, we got a uh, a pastry at a boulangerie in Lyon, Bichon Citron. Oh, yeah. That was it, and it was um, it's a pastry with like a lemon sort of filling to it, and it like I got one the first day in Lyon, and. I insisted on going back and getting one (laughs) the next morning as well. Yeah. On the morning that we were going to leave, I was like, I don't have much time, but I'm going to go get one of these.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There are so many good ones. Um, so I love croissants. Mm-hmm. And of course, I love the French croissants. Very good. So much. Um, I also love palmier. And palmier is like elephant ears. That's kind of its other nickname. It's got a lot of nicknames, actually. I was just looking it up recently um, because I want to learn to make it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was invented in the early 1900s in France. And it's basically just like crispy flaky goodness it's amazing (laughs) it's kind of like a french biscuit and depending on where you get it it could be more or less crunchy um i love the crunchiest of the crunchy kind that you can get um in fact i bought them in france and i think i started buying them there in paris and like they're just this perfect amount of sweetness you can like buy them as little crisp that come in a box and it was like one euro for a whole box of them
1: i do remember you buying those oh
0: my gosh i was like obsessed because i could just like nibble on them and they have like this glaze of like kind of cinnamon and sugar around the edges and oh my goodness i love them and they just kind of like they're just so crispy they just kind of like crunch and (laughs) fall all over you and flake everywhere oh my goodness they're so good but so
1: were those Were those the first time that you had it were the ones that we bought in the grocery store for a euro? Was was that the first time that you had one?
0: No, I don't think so. But I couldn't tell you like the first time I'd ever had one. But like, um, but I really got into them while we were here. And really decided, like, I love these. And the thing that really stood out to me was there was kind of a version of them that I bought that was, it kind of looked like more like a crunchy rectangle. But it was kind of the same kind of pastry, Mm -hmm. but it was more of, um, it wasn't an elephant ear shape. So it might be considered something completely different, but I considered it like a giant pommier. But um, it was sandwiched with a thin layer of like, um, like a a red jelly, like a strawberry jelly, maybe. Uh, and like in between. So it's these two huge squares of flaky goodness <laughs> with a really thin layer of jelly in the middle. Oh, my goodness. I remember buying it at this little bakery across from where we were staying in our yeah. Airbnb. My gosh, it was unbelievable. So, so good. So good.
1: Didn't didn't we try to go back and get, get it for you another time and like they didn't have them? Like the second time? Uh, Yeah, I
0: think so. Yeah. I went back and really wanted it again and couldn't get it.
1: Yeah, I remember we chased it a few times and I feel like they were it was harder to get than we originally realized.
0: Yeah. Was that the same place that you got a quiche that you really liked? Yes. It was really good.
1: Yeah, that was a really good bakery, like you said, just across the street from yeah. Where we stayed, we had a lot of good stuff from there. The croissants were really good from there too.
0: Mm-hmm. It was just a little hole in the wall place. Um, it was great. So, what would you do differently? Like, we were only there a couple of days, so that kind of is a like, <sighs> a little flashback <laughs> of our trip. But, um, yeah. what would you do differently next time you were to go to Paris?
1: Um, I think if I were to go back, I would go to, um, Versailles like the palaces of Versailles. Yeah. Which a lot of people do as a little day trip from there. They're supposed to be incredible. So I would I would do that. Um there is also a chapel there. Um the uh the Saint Chapel or Santi Chapel. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it, but it's um it's a chapel there kind of in the heart of Paris, really close to Notre Dame, and it is stained glass. Basically it's it's all stained glass and I've seen pictures and it looks incredible. And we, we thought about going, we talked about going, but we had already paid to get into so many places that it just felt like, man, we're gonna have to pay to get into this other chapel. And it was like 18 euro a piece. And so we decided not to, and I kind of wish I had done that at this point. So I would, I would definitely do those two things or things that I feel like, we didn't get to see Mm -hmm. and then probably in the perfect world just um eat at more nice restaurants and eat more pastries
0: Mm, yeah yeah do you have any advice for people who um whenever it comes to going to restaurants and stuff like that I know you've rattled off some advice that you have um had for other people in Paris what would that look like
1: yeah, I would say um if you're going to go to a, a nice restaurant, um do some research and pick your restaurant and make a reservation and then unless the unless you're fluent in French, <laughs> I would spend some time studying the menu. I feel like French menus a lot of times have a lot of food that we're not familiar with or at least me, I wasn't familiar with. And so it makes them really intimidating and some of like Some menus aren't available in English and even the ones that are have stuff that is kind of hard to um, hard to cipher and pick out like what's that going to be like. And so I would do a little research and maybe set myself up for success more in restaurants and in the way that I ordered.
0: Basically, it's not just that the menus are in French. It's that you're seeing whole different foods that you don't even know. Even yes. if you translated it, it wouldn't, you wouldn't know what that is. Right. It's so really, really look at your menu before you go, and you'll have more fun.
1: Yeah, I think if you if you know what you want before you go in, you'll probably enjoy it a little more.
0: Yeah, that's great advice.
1: What uh, What about you? What would you tell someone going to Paris?
0: Um, take lots of money. It'd be so fun <laughs> with course. money. So fun. Well, I mean, you know, like we didn't exactly like you know, we were doing okay, but like we were, you know, really trying to be thoughtful and I would do all of the little bakeries. I would just, just go big. Like, um, I would go to those bakeries, but then I would sit down on in a garden and just enjoy that food that I bought there. I would enjoy it in a park and Mm. where you and I, like we would go and eat our sandwiches in the park but it's not the same as like going to a little bakery or getting some food somewhere and then taking it there. So I would, yeah. I would do a whole charcuterie board and wine in a park. <laughs> in park. I think that sounds like it's on a daily. So amazing, yeah. You did some Duolingo and learned French. I was learning Spanish and yeah. German. Um, just we were both kind of trying to like get as much as we could under yeah,
1: our feet, cover all the bases we could.
0: Yeah. Um. So what would you say? Do you think it
1: helped? Um I do think it helped but not right away. Um, okay. because we we came in and out of France so many times on this trip, I got a lot of like a lot of bites at the apple before we were done with France and I feel like by the time that we stopped for our last visit in France like in Cannes, I feel like I felt a lot more confident and uh was able to negotiate my way around french a lot more easily and at least more able to understand and get the gist of things by no means could i have a conversation in french but i could greet greet somebody and sort of ask a few basic things but initially especially in paris i was not um I feel like in other places um, there where we went, Lyon in particular in Bordeaux, people were a lot more excited to help you out and to see you and to um, sort of make life easier on you. Whereas I feel like a lot of the people in Paris um, were kind of, uh, they just, they didn't really care about you one way or the other. I don't feel like they disliked me or or had ill will toward me, but it was also kind of like I'm I'm not here to help you out. Mm. You know, like you're here in my city and it's clear you don't know the language and I'm not I'm not going to help you with that. Yeah. And so that's really hard and super intimidating. Yeah. And when you're struggling and no one's offering any help. Mm-hmm. Then it really, at least for me, it really makes you like just shut up.
0: Do you feel like it would be more helpful to like go to France and stay in France for a long time? Or did you think it was most helpful that you you went into Paris and then we went to Belgium and then we went to Luxembourg and then we came back into France and then we went to you know, Czech yeah. Republic. And then we came back to France and we kind of bounced around back in and out of France. So it's almost like your brain got a little break from it. Do you think that was good or do you think it made it, you had to start all over again?
1: I I feel like getting a little separation from Paris was good because like the Paris experience made it like, well, well, I, I'm not going to try this at all. Um, but then like coming back in later on, it was a little more encouraging and, and helped. So I think maybe, maybe immersion in Southern France would maybe be the the easiest way to like keep it fresh on your mind, keep learning and keep picking up. Because I do feel like it was like, it would take a day or so to like switch over. Like when we would go from France to Spain like you say bonjour for like a day until you're like, Oh, I gotta like, I gotta switch to a new language now. Or like, especially, you know, you might say merci rather than gracias or grazie when we went into Italy. And I always felt like switching countries. It always took me like a day Mm. to like switch your mind over to a new language. So I, I feel like staying in France probably would have helped more, but, but it was nice to get a, to get a break from it after after Paris and sort of being like knocked down and like hey you don't know anything yeah yeah
0: <laughs> exactly well after this after Paris we ended up um, we did leave the country we went to yep. Bruges Belgium yeah um, which I love and I even forgot how much I loved it until we started editing the video and you were like (laughs) showing me some of the footage and I was like, oh my gosh, like I am like stumbling all over myself. Like I could hardly express my joy at being in Bruges.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You were super giddy to be there. Oh my gosh. Which you loved it before. Um, If if people listen to The Secret Season, when you went there with Jessica, like you raved about it then. Mm-hmm. And so I was anticipating you being really excited about being there, but you were even like even more so. Just elated.
0: Yeah, I was really overwhelmed. I'm really looking forward to that podcast too. So you guys should definitely (laughs) tune into the next episode because I'm like a little beside myself. Um, even just you know watching the footage again, it is what makes it so unique. uh, Just to kind of give you guys a little, a little tease, a little taste of Bruges before we go, is it is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, Mm -hmm. which as you continue to travel with us through these European places, you're going to hear us say that over and over again, and it means it's amazing, basically. Yeah. It means you should sure. definitely, if you see that something is a UNESCO World Heritage site, you know it's going to be good.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, man. It just, um, it's like stepping back in time. It is a dramatic view of a historic village that is just pristine.
1: It really is. It's lovely. It's fairytale land.
0: (laughs) It really is. If you're on social media, be sure to connect with us there. We are on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Um, We've been having a lot of fun with like some of the... TikTok and YouTube videos. The YouTube videos are a little bit newer for us and we are loving that because we are getting to actually show you guys all of these places that we are going because it is so hard to do it justice with just our words. So all the things you heard us talk about today, you're going to see that in the video on YouTube. It is already out there and uh, you can go check that out on YouTube and everywhere on social media. We are Travel FOMO Podcast. So that is how you can find us.
1: Yep. We appreciate you checking that stuff out. Thanks for subscribing and uh, leaving a review. If you would, um, we really appreciate that as well. Yeah. So excited to start this new season in central Europe and down the road with you
0: that's right and we just encourage you guys take the step to go ahead and travel to those places like paris yeah. was well, for us the places that make you a little bit more uncomfortable they stretch you um, and take you out of your comfort zone try to do that because it is so worth it and because life is short
1: wonder well